Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. podcast. Hello, my pals. You are listening to the number one podcast, the goalkeeping podcast hosted by a tubby man from Grimsby and an ex-professional goalkeeper who goes by the name of David Priest. I am Lloyd Griffith and this is the number one podcast. No, you say oh, your name. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> and this is David Priest. Is David Priest. Yeah. How are you, David? I'm very well, mate, yeah. Um, just for the uh, listeners at home, or wherever you may be, uh, David is sporting a lovely uh, Czech number today. It mm. is a, I'll go, Lumberjack, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Uh, various different blues, a bit of orange in there as well. Um, and buttoned up all the way to the top. Yeah, it's a bit nippy this morning. Isn't it? It is, my, it I, I came in on my motorbike, and by a motorbike, I mean uh, 125cc moped uh, <laughs> over the Westway on London, and it was, oh, it was cold. Oh, it's nippy, mate. Really cold. I'm wrapped up now. I've got three layers on. Um, have you been busy? I have been very busy, mate. Yeah. Been doing lots of radio lately. Have you? Lots of talks, but lots of uh, cool commentary stuff. Yeah, I saw that. A lot of live games. Aye. Who have you been covering? Um, and whilst you tell me, get a little bit closer to that microphone. Go on, then. Go yeah. on. Why yeah. not? Get that. A bit close there. Is that close enough? Yeah, it's a nice chair as well. Beautiful. New chair. Um, I did a few Sunderland games. Um, when you know before the start, the week before the start, the season started with the Premier League. Yeah, did Sunderland, Charlton, Sunderland, Fleetwood last week. Sunderland, Stoke in the Czech Trade, Czech Trade Trophy, and um, a couple of Premier League games. Did Arsenal, West Ham, Ooh. and Wolves, Everton. As Wolves, well. Everton. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, it I was. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, well, that's great then. Brilliant. A lot, of, a lot of Sunderland games. Also, have you seen uh, on Netflix? They're releasing the uh, the documentary about Sunderland. Yeah, I know. Well, I was supposed. Well, I, st- I still might be on it. Oh. But I was, I was supposed to be on it a lot more. I just couldn't get up there. Right, I, okay. Um, when, Not allowed. When they, no, well, they just went. Uh, I just couldn't get up there to to get up there filming yeah. uh, before the games. So I wasn't. Si- I didn't go to many Sunderland games last season. Well, it's, uh, I think produced by Fullwell seventy three, who's like yeah. Gabe Turner, Ben Winston, all that lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know that Gabe Turner is a, a massive Sunderland fan. So I think yeah, it's just, brother, yeah. just it's just uh, one of those ones where they filmed it. I don't want to say at the right time, but f- for the right time for dramatic and also releasing purposes. You know, you don't really want a mid table. Oh, this is the championship in the mid table. It's like me. You know, you want it. it well, it was all, there was always something going to happen. I think when they first decided to do it. 
it was um, they, they had a bad start of the season, so it was after a few games started doing it. So it was it was always going to be turbulent. It was always going to be interesting. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see because they had a lot of access to to the players, went to the players' homes quite a bit. And oh, did they? Yeah, so it was it, it'll be quite interesting to see what they say. But I've, I was on one a long time ago with um, I say I was on one. I, I, I floated about in the background uh, when Peter Reeves manager summoned. It was Premier Passions. Have you ever seen it? Premier Passions. You've, got, the you've got to see it's on YouTube. It's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Premier passion. Yeah, uh, Peter Ian, Bobby Saxton, who was his assistant, yeah. just absolutely real old school. But it was um, it, it, it give you a real insight inside the dressing because it was they were there, they were around all the time and you, you couldn't really act sort yeah. of normally because they were there all the time. But and they go uh, this isn't a dig, but I presume the cameras were a lot bigger then. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so there was, yeah, there, was, yeah. there was no getting away from whereas now, especially with like look at the the Manchester City um, documentary on Amazon Prime. Got them so in the, those. Oh, in the, the, the camera, you don't even know they're there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And even the lads that are walking around with them, they're, they're small, they're small cameras. Whereas back in your day, I mean, oh, oh there were the, these huge things like that. But there was there was one um, uh, anecdote from that that um, I put in my my column last week. Uh, I did a column about it was it was kind of leading up to. Yeah. Right, to the release of that because the release date of that came out last week and um and it was once where I think we were playing Coventry and Aston Villa within the space of a few days of each other so instead of travelling back home we stayed at the Belfry oh. um which was really nice nice I think it must have been around New Year time sort of and anyway we'd uh, we we'd, we'd been training down there so while we were training I think Michael Bridges was um Michael Bridges was injured and he must have only been he was only a kid at times about nineteen he was injured I think he had a groin problem so he just stayed back in his room while we were training. And um, I won't go into too much detail about what he was doing back in his room, but he gave himself really bad friction burns because of right. the ring, one of the rings on his finger. Uh, he, I think it was a ring that his girlfriend had gave him, and he gave him like like I'm not talking like just it wasn't just red; it was like severe. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but that that got taken out of my column, funnily enough. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they took it out what that is, of a that, family newspaper. That's a wanking story, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you tried to well, do you know what? I tried to be as nice as possible around Like, I just alluded to it. I didn't really yeah, actually... I mean, you can yeah. allude, but it is still essentially a man masturbating. So, you've yeah. got, I mean, I might, I, might, I might even bleep that out. Because <laughs> it is a bit crude. Uh, I mean, it's lovely to chat about... Um, Michael Bridges. Uh, well, I mean, look, it's burns. big news now. It is. Mike, it, uh, Paul McCartney and John Lennon masturbating oh, in front of each other. They did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This isn't the podcast we decided to make, um, but you know, it is. This is a very hands-on podcast. Mm. I mean, goalies, gloves. But we've got onto, you know, like, that goal GK glue that they keep dusting around. What <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying is, I am sceptical. <laughs> <laughs> it works too well, uh, and I don't want to know why. We used to joke about that as well, you know. Is it, uh, oh, I, I shouldn't. No, I you shouldn't, but you should. Who? Who does it? We used to joke about this about, you know. Um, you know, if, if somebody uh, if somebody met a, a sort of a new uh, a new girlfriend, say, "Have you? Did you keep the gloves on last night?" <laughs> <laughs> that was the best way to well, to, to wear them in. I don't um, wear them in training. I uh, I had a joke in my old show about having gone out with a, a six foot um, girl who, ironically, was more of a goalkeeper than I was. Um, and I said, uh, <laughs> "I do I do that thing because I'm, I'm obsessed with goalies, obsessed with goalie gloves, and." Um, you know, the whole show is about like how I've fallen in love with a, a six foot goalkeeper, you know, even though she's not a goalkeeper, but then actually she, she split up with me ten days before I started doing the tour show. But the, the joke I had in it was that um a lot of people do that thing where if you sit on your hand 
for say 10, 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds, when you, let's say, go to play the guitar, it feels like someone else is yeah. playing the guitar. I used to do quite a similar thing where I used to get her to wear goalie gloves so that when she played my guitar, it felt like, <laughs> it, it, it felt like Peter Schmeichel was doing it. <laughs> and that was all I needed. That was all I needed. Well, listen, that's a nice little weird start to the podcast, which I might have to edit out a few bits. Uh, but we're going to be chatting about what's going down in Keeper Town. Um, it's not an actual place, but I wish it was Keeper Town. Yeah. Um, it's been an international break. It's just finished. Mm. Um, so we'll chat a little bit about that briefly. We've seen Pickford back in the sticks of the game against uh, Spain. Yeah. Good game. I mean, no, nothing not, to write not, home about. No, not much for to do, really. Uh, and then uh, Jack Butland was given a chance in the Switzerland game on, on Tuesday. And it was always interesting, especially with, with what the World Cup having gone, who was going to be the number one, number two. Obviously, Nick Pope is out injured. We'll talk about Nick in a minute because he came on Soccer AM on Saturday and was a brilliant guest. It was always like who was going to be the number two, and I guess it's good to get Butland some game time, mm. so he, he knows that you know he's still in, in with a chance. And bless him, nearly scored an absolute beaut of an own goal, mm. didn't he? Cracking yeah. play but, from the back. Well, do you know what? It's it's funny because if you look at the game as a whole, he did all right. Made a couple of cracking saves. One where he coming up and spread himself with the block of the near post, and then one where it was sort of whipped into the near post, and he sort of just blocked it with his foot and kicked it away. And apart from that, yeah, he looked all right. But it's those two instances, it's, it was amazing how little and insignificant the, the, the ended up being in the game. Yeah. But it becomes a talking point. It becomes a it, does, it, yeah. it becomes a, a point of sort of reference where you think, well, he's he's in there now. There's a lot of pressure on him now because he's he's in the championship. He's not really, uh, you know, he's not in where he belongs in the Premier League. It's going to be a tough all season for him because uh, Stoke haven't started off. The best in Man, the championship, um, fair to say. You can see he's getting frustrated as well. There was I can't remember who was against it when they, they, were, they got beat at home, and I think he'd been wrestling with uh, Ryan Shaw crossing the tunnel, and allegedly, and um, you can see these frustrations were coming out there, you know, and it's and it, it's sometimes it's difficult, but it's just one of the challenges he faces now. Of course, and, and, and I think when it comes to those two instances, you know, there's been a lot of talk, and we'll talk about it later on about you know pa passing the ball out from the back and the the pressure the keeper put themselves under. But both right decisions. He both should have. You know, I think Gary Neville said he looked too relaxed. It's probably the case, yeah. and he needs to be. You know, he needs to know that his decision making was right. You know, the what he's doing was right, but just the execution was wrong. And he didn't need to, in a situation like that. You need to be confident. Yeah. And you need to wrap it into the uh, into the players' feet and make sure that it gets there. And yeah, it, it just it's, it's amazing how small things that like players further up the field can can do it, and it's to have no avail. Yeah. No. He, he does it, and everyone like it's it, it kind of like I don't know. It, it feels as if it puts pressure on. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the anxiety's ramped up in his team and, and in the. Uh, and in, 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 mostly in the crowd, do you know what I mean? That, and that's where it mostly, and, and also at home as well. Do you know what I mean? People yeah. on Twitter just going, "Oh, what's she doing?" Do you know what I mean? Lump it up, lump it up. And we'll we'll go on to that in a minute because that is something that we want to talk about yeah. um, this week, and especially a nickname that you've been given, which I can't quite get my head around. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, just just the thing about you know, he is a championship goalkeeper. The confidence there, like, and he's looking at someone like Ben Foster, Ben Foster, who also got relegated mm. last season, but then he's at, at Watford, and he's now. In a team that is third in the Premier League, yeah, and you've got someone, you know, like Robert Green, 
Robert Green, all of a sudden, he's, he's at Chelsea. I mean, mm. not necessarily going to be starting for Chelsea in the main games, but no, but he's got he's a better. He's got, he's got a better chance of playing a Premier League game this season than exactly, than Butland, exactly in the minute. Anyway. So, and, and I think there was a lot of rumours about where Jack Butland would go during the summer. None of them came to any fruition because a lot of uh, guys were brought in from abroad. But did, what do you think will happen with Jack? Do you think he'll just just keep going and just maybe hope that he gets a move in January, or is it a case of right Stoke just need to get back up into the Premier League, which at the moment. It's going to be an hard task. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, football's strange how it's, it moves on so quickly. And you think that a year ago, you think Jack would have his pick of a, a few clubs, and, yeah. you know, top clubs as well. And then, but it's about opportunity. It's about uh, what spots are available. Mm. Now, I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure at the moment where where his, uh, his future lies. It, it, I mean, a lot of it depends on Stoke. If they can sort of turn things around and, and get themselves back into contention by... By January, then he can probably stick it out there. But uh, I don't know. It, it's not, I can't climb inside his head. But I, you, you, you'd imagine that he'd want a move to, yeah, no disrespect to Stoke, so a, a more prestigious club yeah. that's going to be vying for for your uh, top European places at least. Stoke yes. currently 18th in the Championship. Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? mean? It's not a. It's it's not looking great. I mean, there's a lot of teams that you'd expect to be doing quite well in the championship: Reading, Ipswich, QPR, Hull, uh, Birmingham. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, that they're they're they're, they're struggling, and he's, right. and he's, he's, he's a, I guess as well, you know, with, with him, he's obviously Jack Rowland has gone out and he's played at a, a various few of the lower league clubs, so he's mm. got that experience. But it is still a completely different kettle of fish from them being a championship goalkeeper to being a you know Premier League goalkeeper. And the frustrations, is, I think he's got to, you know, just try and... Well, try is and the, the, there is a difference, you know, it's, it's you, you know, you, you, if you go to Old Trafford or, or any Premier League game, because it's a Premier League game, that atmosphere is normally good. Yeah. But where, you know, you've got a championship, championships, don't get me wrong, still a great level, you know what I mean? Still some great atmospheres, some great clubs in that, that division, but there, there is the fact that it's, there's a champions, uh, the championship and you, it's... It, just not not the same, and yeah. it won't be the same. For and that's what it's it's hard to come to terms with, and to find that extra motivation to to stay at the level that he was. Well, someone that did come up from the championship last season, uh, Marcus Bettinelli in the Fulham squad, which you know very responsible for Fulham's incredible form last season. Mm-hmm. Fulham get promoted. He's thinking, great, and we didn't really cover this properly last uh, last uh, last podcast. Then all of a sudden, Fulham make five hundred and thirty three million signings mm. of which two goalkeepers Fabri and Sergio Rico and you know we, the last note that I wrote on the on the on the because we, we actually write this podcast yep. out I mean there are actually notes it's, I mean you wouldn't think it but there are um, is that it's going to basically damage his chances to get in the England squad but then he kind of uh, he, he came back in for a few games this season and he gets called up to the England squad, which is great and mm. a lovely boost. And that, you know, talking about Jack Bulland having to overcome things like this, this is a, a lovely little boost for Bettinelli. And um, I think there's a change in personnel at Fulham, is that right? Where he's going to be... Well, that, that's it. I mean, I, I, sort of similar situation to, to John Ruddy at, uh, at Wolves. You know, the, the big part of what happened at the club, getting promoted and then... Kind of like it's like thanks, but we're going to get somebody else in, and, and you can understand that, especially with Wolves' case. You know they've got Rube Trusho in, who's a brilliant goalkeeper. But obviously, Fulham need to strengthen the squad in all areas. They've lost yeah. David Button to uh, to Brighton. He went to Brighton, and um, and sort of the, the strengthened sort of with Fabrian's surgery, like you said. But then Jose Sambardia, I think that's how you pronounce Sambardia, um, 
goalkeeping coach, he left okay. the week before, <clears throat> uh, it must be two weeks ago, so yeah. it was the week before Marcus got back on the side. And then sort of Fabry's been dropped, and so from being not, not in the squad at all, then he's starting, starts two games. So you just wonder what's going on behind the scenes there. Yeah. There's obviously more to it. I, I don't know what's... I've tried to look into it and speak to a couple of people, but it's... I don't know whether he's resigned or whether he's been... Or it's just he couldn't settle in London and want to go back to Spain, but the uh, there's been a change behind the scenes there. So it's... And it's obviously worked in Marx's favour because then he's yeah. he's in the side, like, you know? So it's... Um, and if, you, if you're... Starting first choice goalkeeper in the Premier League, then you're always going to have a chance of getting the, the England course, squads yeah. because of it, just because of numbers, but also because I think he fits the the DNA that's that um, Gareth Southgate wants. You know, he's comfortable with the ball at his feet, and it's a good chance. You know, it's, they, they can't lose anything from it. You know, you've got a couple of injuries still, in, like say with with Nick. Um, it doesn't look like Joe's going to get back into the the scene at all. Um, so it's it's a, just a chance for for him to have a look at them and sort of integrate them into the squad for in case he's needed in the future. Uh, speaking about Nick, we had Nick Pope on Soccer M on Friday, uh, Saturday, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I should know what day it's on. Um, he had surgery on his shoulder because it's, it's an interesting story. And if I think there's clips online, but he um, he dislocated his shoulder in that game mm-hmm. against Aberdeen, and they uh, they they assessed it and was like, oh yeah, you dislocated his shoulder on the pitch. They took him into the physio room, and they tried to pop it in four times. Because that's the easiest thing is just try, try and pop it in, mm. and then it weren't going back in. So he's on gas, he's on air, he's on morphine, you know, and f- almost worth getting the description for. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> as I said on the show, it's quite Moorish, isn't it? Because he was like, I just wanted more of it. I was like, yeah, that is the downfall of uh, <laughs> of morphine, mate. <laughs> is that it's yeah. quite addictive. Yeah. So he uh, he had to have an operation, bless him. So hopefully, looking back at getting in December, like we've talked about it, you know, it was um, Monday this week. A year ago, against Crystal Palace, 36th minute, he comes on for Tom Heaton, and his life, you know, changes. Yeah. You know, he's the second best shot stopper in the Premier League. I reeled off all these facts on, on the show. He then Burnley get into Europe, and he's going to the World Cup. Mm. So, it's a great story, and he, he wants to come on the podcast. And I say he wants to, I mean, I asked him, and he said yes, so therefore he does want <laughs> to come on the podcast. Uh, he hasn't requested it, but at the same time, he listens. He didn't say he listens, but he did. well, to be fair, he, he does listen. And if you're listening, hello, Nick. So we'll hopefully have him on the podcast soon. In- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, let's get into the Premier League so far. I think the one thing that we want to talk about this 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 week is is playing from the back, mainly because there's been a lot of talk about it. Um, the, it's arguably the most heated your Twitter account has ever been, um, which resulted in you being called, and this is I think the best name that you will ever receive. You got called Priest Morgan, yeah, as in Piers Morgan, Priest Morgan. It works well, I think. Who is it that called you that? It was, Steve, it? it was Steve Hale. Steve Hale. Yeah. Steve, thank you for that. I chuckled quite a lot when I saw that. <laughs> this was around the um, Alison Becker debacle. Um, debacle, I'm not sure if that's like the right term. But basically, he tried to do a Cruyff turn in the box against Leicester. It didn't go to plan. And as a result, Leicester scored. Liverpool still won the game 2-1. But going back to what you were saying earlier on, that's all that people are going to talk about is yeah. because it resulted in a goal. And you defended um, Alisson... And you said that he should have been given better options by Joe Gomez yeah. um, and that you sh- he shouldn't always boot it into um, Rosette. To which Twitter then... Football Twitter. All football the, Twitter. Uh, yeah, football Twitter. The people who don't have their own... Uh, <laughs> avatars. Their own avatars have like Aiden Hazard as though Mesut Ozil. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's just strange that because I, sh- I know I shouldn't get myself wound up by it. And so I, I, I tend to answer pretty much most of them, to be honest with you. Oh, you do. And this is uh, the thing. So it comes and you can see that you replied. And your replies are very, me, I would, I'd, I'd be. I mean, t- to be honest, I, I know sometimes, and look, it's it's Twitter. And sometimes if I just say, I'm, I'm, are we going to let swears on here? Because I, I mean, for the benefit of this. Fuck it. Yeah, go yeah, on. Go. Yeah, so, so. For some people, I'll just say, "Oh, fuck off, mate." Yeah, you know what I mean. And and it's and, and I'll, I'll call them a prick or whatever. And and I know I shouldn't. Do you know what I mean? I'm 42 year old. Do you know what I mean? I shouldn't really r- good rice that. Yeah, Looking cheers, good for mate. It, David. But and I know that. And then I, I've even had this conversation of people message me saying, "Oh, oh, you're just arrogant and just uh, blah blah blah," and you just don't listen to people. But if some, if I think somebody is coming at me and just and trying to be trying to be clever or being a, or being abusive, yeah. basically. I'll just, I'll be the same back. And you, you, you'd be amazed. I mean, you, well, you wouldn't be amazed because you know exactly this. But if you get abused and then you abuse them back, like the sort of like the shock, oh, you, you know, uh, yeah. you shouldn't be swearing at people. Like, I'm saying, well, dickheads get treated like dickheads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. But you see, what was interesting is the fact that, and, and this is this is commonplace, you know, the, the, the Twitter. And again, it's, it's, maybe it's a conversation for a different day, but... Everyone's got an opinion. My new show, my new stand-up show, is about that everyone's got their own voice now, and it's because of the rise of social media. And whether it's the right thing or wrong thing, you know, look, we've seen a lot of things politically that have happened. But even when it comes to goalkeeping, I mean, people are very, very opinionated. And what I think is amazing is the fact that people don't want to be wrong. Mm. People don't want to be wrong because they want to be seen to be this authority online. And and the thing is, is like, I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Obviously, I'm, I'm standing up for you because you're, a, you know, you're, you're, you're an ex, you're an ex. But um, it's. It's like that you are a goalkeeper. I mean, you've you've been there, you've played it, you work in it day to day. That is literally your job. And there are people that raise issues, and you look at that going, oh, actually, yeah, mate, yeah. And I've seen examples where you've gone, actually, yeah. Do you know what? That's that's a, a good valid point, mm. and you take that on board. But there are certain people that just go, 
you're a fucking idiot for saying that it should be a crow of terms absolutely fine you yeah, know yeah, but the thing the thing is all my, my point especially when I made that tweet was it was just like it, if I was going back if I was the, either the, uh, John Achterberg or Allison and I was looking back at that goal I'm thinking to myself firstly there's no question in the world after you know what's going to happen you know that ball should have been played down the line an idiot can see that uh, so to me, I don't have to say he should have kicked it down the line. Exactly. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's an option. Yeah, and that's because after we know what's happened afterwards, we we know he should have done that. So there's no point saying it. It's obvious. So so when anybody started coming at me saying, "Oh well, he should just kick," it, yeah, he should have just kicked it. We know that now. But Liverpool did not buy him. They didn't buy him to. Allison to make uh, Croy turns, but they made him to keep possession of the ball better. Yeah. So there's got, there has to be an acceptance that that will happen. Now it wasn't a bad decision to do it. It's the first time he's ever been caught. Look through. I mean, I went through sort of uh, this video, uh, all these video clips on a thing called Instat, and you can he, he done it so many times. There are people saying, "Oh well, they'll just close him now." Everyone knows what he does now. Do they not think ser- uh, clubs in Serie A had scouts <laughs> after the first couple of times he did it, saying this is what he might do? Yeah, and it didn't stop him from doing it. And also as well, like if you if you're a striker or a midfielder closing in on a defender, you still have to be careful because the referee will go in favour of the goalkeeper in that situation if you clamper into them. Do you well, know what I mean? Some people even said that, that it might have been a foul. I don't think it was a foul. I just thought no, it was a badly executed so. Cruyff turn. But. Um, yeah, so I said Joe Gomez could have done a little bit more. And that's what, to me, all this talk about um, passing out from the back, only 50% of the the discussion should be about goalkeepers. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I hear all this thing about Petr Cech, Petr Cech, Petr Cech, but I don't hear anything about Socrates. Where's his angle? Do you know what I mean? Where's, yeah. where's Bellerin? It was Bellerin going deep enough and offering himself. Because I don't see it. I don't, you know, these are... And quite often, world class players, and all right, they might think, well, you should uh, kick the, you know, kick the ball forward, just clear your lines or whatever. But that's not what the manager wants to do, and and it's not up to, it shouldn't be up to someone like Allison, who is an exceptional passer of the ball, to take things forward or Edison to take things forward. Yeah. There's a, a there's an agreement between you and the defenders that that should they sh- they should help you out as well to keep it, and it's about it's just exactly the same as any other possession. Um, like a possession drill in train, they would they would offer you, you know, if you were trying to keep all the ball, they would offer you angles yeah. as best as they could. But it's, it, I always go back to when the, it came in, in, in 1992, sort of, it was, there was chaos at first, people, you know, didn't... The back pass rule. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I remember in pre-season training, Terry, Terry Butcher came, uh, he came to play for Sunderland. At first, before he managed, he came in as a player. And, um, we were playing these small side games and he passed the ball back to me and uh, and I just booted it away. And he honestly, he was in my face and he was screaming, eyes bulging, pick the fucking ball up. Why aren't you picking it up? I'm like, I'm like, I'm it's about allowed. two months after the, uh, the, rule, came the rule came in and I'm like, I, I can't. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, uh, I'm like, I was really, he was six, well, no, I didn't even turn 16 at the time. I was only 15. <laughs> With an angry Terry yeah. Butcher in your face. So anyway, I love Terry Butcher. I love him. He, he did a lot for me. I really love him. But he's uh, yeah, that was my first experience with him. So like, and I was shit myself, obviously, because he's ex England captain, like Terry eight, Butcher. Eight, yeah, eighty old caps. Um, but the biggest problem I found, especially when I first went into first team football at Darlington, because of the pitches, 
suppose because the defenders weren't sort of, um, you know, nobody's used to playing up from back then. Of course, yeah. We spoke about it at the time. Uh, manager David Hodgson, he wanted to play football. He played for Liverpool, sort of like early 80s. Uh, he went out to France. I think it was, I think why he played in France. Somewhere beginning with Z, not Z, it's got a Z in it. In France? Oh, God, man. Anyway, I'll come back to me. Okay. He played in France and then he, he had this Bible, football Bible. That's uh, from the coach he had in France, and it was like it was all these passing drills, and and he'd always say he try things with us, and it was all a bit a little bit complicated for our League Two footballs at that time, like you know. But he always wanted us to play football, so we spoke about playing triangles outside yeah. the uh, around the box. We just couldn't do it, but like because of surface and because basically, it doesn't matter how much I want to do it. You have to have the people around you to be able to do it. Nobody wanted the ball. No, of course. Yeah. When, when the ball came back to me, it was bounced back to me like a damn buster, and in. <clears throat> and then all you saw was four horses running away from well, that, you. But this is the thing, you know, and uh, I can't remember who said it. I saw it in an interview. Like, defenders, up until maybe 5, 10, 15, maybe just even 5, 10 years ago, defenders, the majority of the time, you're facing the ball, mm. okay? You're, you're, you're chasing the ball down from, a, from an attacking position or you're going up for a cross. Yeah. You're not... You're not turning your back and saying to the goalkeeper, right, give it here, give it here. You know, you turn when that goalkeeper, just to make sure that the ball's gone over your head. Mm. But that's what football used to be. Do you know what I mean? It used to, defenders had a job. You know, and we're talking about goalkeepers. Oh, the position's changed. Football is different. We're playing from the back. Defenders, it's the same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think there is, but if there's a defending podcast out there, be a bit, that, I mean, that would be fucking niche. Yeah, sure. But um, they, they've had to change their game. Do you know mm. what I mean? And so you've seen all these defenders like Virgil van Dijk, Apparently he's one of the best at it. Yeah. You know, just you know, right c- coming forward and go, right, we'll play from here. And it's football has changed, and goalkeeping is is a key part of that. And managers are bringing in goalkeepers because they want to play with this philosophy. And no one really brought that into the Premier League until probably. And I'll be corrected if anyone um, thinks it was earlier. That when you know when Pep came in to like, that right, extreme, well, exactly. Well, yeah, to the extreme. Yeah, exactly. Where again, right, we're going to be playing from the back. But what you need then is you need the skill set of a goalkeeper to do that, the defenders to do that. Do you know what I mean? Gary Pallister and Steve Bruce probably weren't massively comfortable with, you know, going, right, let's play it from the back. It was, well, this is a different I, time. I, I spoke to you, uh, there was a Gary Neville and Martin Tyler brought a podcast out after the England game the other night, and they spoke obviously about Jack Butler, and then they yeah. went into the details about the pressure that's. Um, Goalkeepers are under, like I said, it's, it's all focused on the goalkeeper yeah. when it shouldn't be. It's 50% goalkeeper, 50% on the, the players in front of them. And uh, Gary was talking about how at Manchester United, it's uh, under Sir Alex Ferguson, the goal, pa- going back to the goalkeeper was the sixth option for him. Yeah. So, you know, he'd be the player down the line, at the forwards feet, in, inside the midfield, across to the centre half, whatever it was. And, I, and to a certain extent, depending where you are on the pitch, that's true because there's so many times it, it, it's a, it's a, it can be a, a sort of a get-out ball for or a get-out close for for uh, defenders where they have no options on. So instead, instead of making themselves look foolish by maybe playing a ball in behind or um, just playing a, a, a percentage ball so that it's it's not like, a, you know, unlike these days you have the stats about pass completion and yeah. all that. And, and so instead of making themselves look bad, they come back to you and put you under pressure. It's all right. I don't mind keep uh, balls come back to you if you if you're not under pressure and there's a there's a method behind yeah. it. But if it's just like a last option that goes back to you and then all you've got to do is hump it forward, they may as well put the ball forward. Yeah. If you've got to just to hit the ball first time, they're probably in a more advanced position and more comfortable 
it being able to put the ball further forwards, and then you can sort of reorganise and. And let, let's not beat around the bush as well. Like when when Sir Alex Ferguson was in charge of Man United, they did some pretty big things, and it worked. It worked at well, the time, but things have evolved. Do you know what I mean, yeah, you but know, it's, it's, it. But you you look at uh, there was a um, I did um, I spoke to Graham Hunter, who's a brilliant yeah, yeah. Uh, writer on Spanish football, uh, ex- uh, Spanish football expert, and he's talking about David de Gea and. Um, and it's, he wrote a great piece this week. I'll, I'll, I'll put it up on the uh, on the number one podcast um, uh, tweet on that that uh, account. And it was talking about David Hay and kind of like why he's not replicating these Man United form for Spain. Mm. And and it was kind of like just uh, if it was that he um, he talked about Casillas, where Casillas his attitude was. I mean. He, Graham knows these players very well. Gets real good time with them. And he, he knows them all personally, and he says, "Talking to Casillas, Casillas wanted the ball as far away from his goal as possible, really? but he lived for the big moments when he was needed. <laughs> so, like you know, he didn't want you know. Okay, he could play out the back as well, but if somebody could put the foot through it, he'd want that. But then, w- when it come to the eighty seventh minute and the ball's coming across in the box and from his head down the left, you know that would be him. He, he would just." All his focus would be on the, the, those moments, where someone like David de Gea, now whether he, he wants it or not, he's used to being involved a hell of a lot. Even under Louis Van Gaal, when the the um, they had a lot of possession, he still had a lot to do. Uh, he was just still really overworked for a keeper at the top of the league. So it was kind of a thing where is, you know, you, it, those two types of keepers exist. My example is the same as Casillas, Stefan Kloss at Rangers. He wasn't. He, he wasn't brilliant with the ball at his feet. He wasn't brilliant at dealing with crosses. But he, like, there'd be two or three moments in a game when you're playing Rangers that if you didn't take those chances, you weren't going to win. Yeah. And invariably, he'd be there, and he'd be there to make the difference for them. He was a like he was a brilliant keeper on the line. His reactions were and it, phenomenal. Champions League, Champions League winner, obviously. But he's um. So, what was my point of this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's just got to David de Gea as well. Like you know, you know, we talk about Manchester United. You know, they would play out the. This is what Gary was saying. They would play out the back when was possible, and if they do, if it wasn't on, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. And now you see that a lot of people saying now that David de Gea is not very good with his feet, but it's not because he's not asked to do it. Now there's some clips that put up on there the other day uh, that that Graham had, had retweeted. It was Span- Spain tra- in training and Spain playing against Croatia. Mm-hmm. He, David de Gea was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal with it with the ball at his feet, and they they did it like really. It was so much under pressure where it was like almost giving they were giving the ball away in the one box all the time, but they they, they managed to do it. And like Gary said, I mean, it was a bit of a, a contradiction a little bit because he said we shouldn't do it, but then he went and explained when it was I think it was Pep's first year at Barcelona in the European Cup final, Champions League Cup final, when. They did it for the first 20 minutes against Man United. Man United pressed them and got the ball a couple of times and thought, yeah, we'll go, we, we're going to beat them here. And then after 20, 25 minutes, United's legs started to go yeah, and they couldn't get there. And then they op- just opened them up. And then that there's the purpose there. There's the purpose. And although you have to you have to have a good range, that's why he brought Edison in to solve a problem. When they are pressed very well by teams, he's, un- he, he's, he's good. under no pressure at all, is he? Well, exactly. And he's not under any pressure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, sp- speaking of people at City, he's the calmest man in the world with with, with the ball at his feet. And, like it, and and because he's calm, it's not like a risk. 
And even yeah. if he gets a ball ticked off him. But like, the thing is, though, he, he will make a mistake. Do you know what I mean? He will make a mistake. No, no one's absolutely perfect. It's like Alisson, do you know what I mean? What, what has happened here is that Alisson has done that mistake early doors. And it might be that he has another one down the line. Yeah. But if, if it had continued and against Leicester, that would have come off. I mean, we wouldn't. We, obviously, we wouldn't be talking about it. No, well, look. I mean, I'm, I've got these clips here from this the, this morning and from uh, the, the the England the twenties and twenty ones, and I'll, I'll see if I can get them up. These up as well. But do we know? Do we know? Like, is is it they now? It was no. It was, it's the under twenties. Is it? Um, I'll have to just find out. But I'll, I'll put them up as well. Like, but it's it's like England under twenties <coughs> score. Ball goes back to take a goal kick. Goes out wide to left back. Left back. Gives it back the keeper. Keeper's pressed from the right hand side. He Cruyff turns back inside across <laughs> his own goal. Plays out the right back. They go up the line, cross the ball, score. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why you do it. And I know people say about risk and reward, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. And another point that Gary was making about um, the biggest difference in Spain is if it was like rocket science was that um, goalkeepers. Joined in with training with the outfield players from the very start of training. Yeah, they do the, the warm up, the passing drills, the possession, then they go into the games, and then they would do the special goalkeeper stuff afterwards. We we did that in two thousand four with their uh, when I was at Aberdeen with Jimmy Collwood. We did all that, you know, and it was all sort of, and I've never seen anybody else do this at all. But hit we when we used to do passing drills, we used to do it. Most passing drills, we used to have to hit the ball as hard as we could at each other along the floor. So it was like sort of you're testing your own sort of quality, but you're testing the quality of the the touch as well. And putting we used to put ourselves under so much pressure. And then, like I said, Gary also goes on to say, when they, you go into possession games, always the keepers are there. Yeah. They, they don't have uh, goals, but they have like a sort of like a channel at the end, and the goalkeepers are in there. They've got to either take one or, one or two touches at the end, and they've got to keep possession going from side wow. to side. And it, it, But we've always done that. Yeah. When I was in Denmark, we well, that's exactly what we did. We we did extra sessions, goalkeeper sessions, because we were just joined in with the the rest of the players, and I loved it. Yeah. Look, and I I, I I dare say that there won't be many clubs now where they don't do that, because it's, it's such a massive important, and it's not just about honing your own skills, like passing and put yourself under pressure, but it's it's getting that time where you form relationships with the players in those possessions, so you know. What, you know what a person's touch like. What you know what they like with the left foot, what like with the right foot. What what, what positions they take up, and uh, I, I mean it just it gets me so frustrated when everyone keeps going on about goalkeepers, 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 and about how poor they are at at uh, taking up uh, uh, passing out from the back. And it, it just I'm, I am getting myself wound up again because I'm, I'm, I'm jumping from point to point. But like, right, so I mean. We can say everyone's talking about goalkeepers. I mean, we're going to have to carry on talking about goalkeepers because mm. that's the sole purpose of this podcast. Yeah. But the one, the one other person that I wanted to talk about, and also, I guess, the philosophy or kind of story behind it, are goalkeepers... I'm sweating here, Lloyd. Look at me, I'm sweating. Are, I know, and you've got your top button. I don't know, I'll do that. Is, is goalkeepers that are still in the Premier League, that have been in the Premier League for a long time, or goalkeepers that have been playing football for a, almost over this transitional period mm. of going from... You know, lumping it or playing at the back if you can to, right, we're going to play from the back. And I think Petr Cech is a perfect example. He's been playing in the Premier League since 2004, so he's 14 years mm-hmm. here. And obviously, Arsenal have got a new manager in, in Unai Emery, and it's looking like he wants to play from the back. They brought in Bert Leno, who 
we know he's good at playing from the back. And yeah. there was that Twitter spat the other week where it was like, oh, we know someone that's quite good at playing from the back. Petacek has had to come in and play from the back. And it's not been the plainest of sailing, has it, yeah. so far from him? But what do you think? Do you think he would still be, as you're saying, like people, it's not as if like all of a sudden training has just started. Oh, would he have been doing that for years? Pe- Petacek was 10 years old when the... Uh when the, the back pass rule came in. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like, it's not the same as me when I was sort of, I, I'd sort of, you know, you develop your game and I'm sort of like six, no, I'm not obviously in the finish line, but I'm 15, 16, and that's when they, yeah. they bring it in. So I've got, uh, I've got a change. He's sort of, he's been more brought up with it. And not only that, I think, I, I'm, I think I'm right in saying he was, a, he was a striker until he was about 13. Really? Yeah. So it's not like he's, un, he, he's not used to that, but obviously he wasn't asked to, I don't know he wasn't asked to to perform that role at Chelsea. I mean, they were a little bit more direct, more robust side. They weren't playing at this extreme, and then now it, it might be a little bit too much for him. You know, it. it but like I keep saying, it's it's not just about him. No. And, and and you know what? Uh, we talk about football and like we talk about football and centre halves, and I think the, the general consensus with them. Um, with John Stones when he was sort of making mistakes and errors with the ball, I think the noise playing too much. But like Pep was saying, you know, the lad's got balls. I want him to do it. I want to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And okay, okay, you get to a point where you've got to say right, you know, you're making too many mistakes now. Yeah. But it's what we've got to do with goalkeepers. Take the fear out of it because what we're doing now, I, th- I thought we were past that point where we're taking the fear out of going back to a goalkeeper. Now everything's being ramped up again. So every goalkeeper gets a back pass now. It's like it's it is extra pressure on them yeah. because they know what's what's going to be said from outside. And that's and, and it's almost like we're saying that we should go back to the old way. No, we, we, but I, th- I think I think also it might stem from the fact that yeah we've been passing back to the goalkeeper for however many years. But the argument now is that we're starting from the goalkeeper and we're not lumping it. We're just going. You know, you see it now. As soon as there's a goal kick. Either your centre backs or your wing backs will basically go and sit either side of the of of, of the uh, of the area and wait for it. So we're playing from the back. I I saw it at Grimsby. You know, first game of the season, Grimsby against Forest Green, where we went one the lot but ended up losing four one. It was an absolute awful game. James McEwen and Danny Collins were playing from the back, but there was they still weren't comfortable with mm. it and because it ended up in an own goal, a no look back pass from Danny Collins. James McEwen was out on the on the on the right hand side where he should have been to receive well, the ball exactly. Yeah. But again, it's just obviously something that they haven't worked on, on on properly. But it is, I think it's, I think I think a lot of people are talking about it. It's because now we see that most goal kicks aren't lumping it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's being played from the back to those defenders, and I think a lot of people, and rightly so, you know, because everyone's entitled to have their opinion. But people are going, why aren't we just getting it? You know, forward. Yeah, but not everyone is Edison. Not everyone can do a goal kick, launch it to yeah. Aguero's foot. Not not everyone can do that. His his pass completion is insane, and on long distances mm-hmm. as well. You know, beyond 30, 40 yards, it's it's mad. So I think a lot of people are going. Well, why why are we playing in, still into the what is perceived as the danger areas? I mean, arguably, you know, let's look at you know our our twenty two. It's why, also it's why, also why are we doing that? People? But it also depends on the personnel. So if you've got somebody. Most players, uh, most teams play with one up front. Um, so if you haven't got somebody, most Premier League teams play with yeah, one up front. Yeah. yeah. So if you know, if you, if you've got Harry Kane who isn't uh, isn't a, a target man, I mean he'll win headers, of course he will. But then if he's playing up front by himself, who's he doling that off to? Yeah, exactly. Who's he flicking it onto? Yeah. You know, and you don't want the ball coming straight back to you. 
So you, you try to put things. If you've got the ball like that, you're more in control. It doesn't matter how many, uh, how much somebody presses you. Uh, you you've you've got a better chance of yeah. being in control of the ball. And so, like I said, if you were playing, if they were playing a possession game in training where it was just there was no goals and it was just an area, they would try and do that. They move for each other, and they would try things. And I know there's the risk of of conceding goals, but we it's it's a tactical thing as well because we got to a point where teams would drop off. Teams would teams would sit in a low block and it got very defensive. So how do you counteract that? Mm-hmm. By passing out of the back. Yeah. And, and if teams want to pressure, then it leaves more space in behind for you to exploit. But it's I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you have you got stressed. No, it is like you know, it's just it's like people don't want to don't want to understand why it's done yeah like I said it's not just done for the, just because it looks nice but I also I think I think that there will be more of an understanding at the end of the season maybe in the next season as to why it's happening mm. and uh, you know I, th- I think Pep mentions it in the in the in the Manchester City documentary as well so for, for, too, for too long we, we've we, we play with fear do you know like I, I don't want to keep, like, keep going back Gary but you make some great points in like in there's obviously one that he's Gary one Neville the, yeah Gary yeah. Neville he's one that the the best analyst there is out there, if not the best, and um, you know he goes on to say about, like it says it's a little bit contradictory as well because he's saying uh, one of the big things that Alex Ferguson taught us, so Alex Ferguson taught about was bravery in football, where you know, the bravery wasn't sort of uh, putting your head in where it hurts or, or tackling, it was making want, the decisions. W- no, well, wanting the ball under pressure. Right. But, you know, when, when you're one nil down at Anfield and, you know, you're basically shitting yourself, you still want that ball. That's yeah. bravery. And that's why people like Paul Scholes were as brilliant as they were because that's what he wanted. I think sometimes... Um, so he, he's saying that, saying that, you know, you've got to trust your, uh, trust your players with the ball. Why not trust a goalkeeper with the ball? Then? Yeah. Why not trust a, a goalkeeper to do that? Because you can trust Allison. I'll trust Allison all day if going back. I don't care who's going on him. I trust Allison all day. And right, there might be some players that are, um, um, there might be some play, uh, goalkeepers who aren't, who aren't as adept at, uh, at playing out from the back as Allison. But you've still got to have that confidence in them because if you sh- show any, if if you show any sort of, um, uh, I don't know, it's like no, I was going to say like a, 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 if you show a lack of confidence in your goalkeeper, it, it's 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 tangible. Oh, you course, can feel yeah. it because. I know that sometimes I might have been in a game where I've, you know, my, my kicking's been awful. I've, I've sort of spooned a couple out of place on my head, and then the next time the opportunity come back to me, they're they're not, they're they, they don't me. come back. I think, fucking, I don't trust me. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and then you just next time you get close, you think, fucking, just give me a back like you know. But I, and I think as well that comes from, and it goes to the argument that was you, not argument. You had the, the the kind of conversation you had on Twitter with Paul Robinson. And I think that goes back to the mindset of people, whereas goalkeepers are. Rejected, uh, rejected outfield players, which sometimes back in the day might have been the case. I mean, I always joke about it on stage. You know, when I say oh, I'm a goalkeeper, obviously you know a little fat lump. But the fact is, I wanted to play in goal, and I and I, I saw Paul's uh, you know uh, on on being sport where he said goalkeepers are goalkeepers because you know they're not outfield players. Not good and I, outfield players. But but and I, and I I do know that on that show they do take the Mickey out of him for, for that. So I know that it was a bit tongue in cheek, but he said it quite serious. So it looks like it was a, you yeah. know, and you have to go. Well, I mean, it well, was well, do you know what? I was a bit of an ass for that because I I jumped straight on it and then, uh, I mean, obviously I didn't I didn't go directly yeah. at him, but I didn't at him or anything. But he sort of replied to it and 
I, I mean, I probably should send a, a message of apology just simply because, like, I, 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 it's just a way that I word. I should wish I'd worded it differently, but I was just so surprised that. It, it it seemed to me like a bit of an archaic thing to say, yeah. you know, and and also it what riled me a little bit as well is this, the talk about the uh, the throwing uh, coach, Thomas yeah. uh, Gromark, and because I'd worked with Thomas in in, in Denmark, you know, and he's he's at Liverpool at the moment. He's he? at Liverpool yeah. at the moment, yeah, and. Um, you know, our, our fullbacks particularly work with him, and it's not just about throwing the ball in the box. I know Joe Gomez can throw the ball a mile. Uh, yeah. You know, not I don't know if it's just because of him, but he, he obviously had a talent for it anyway. But it was about different situations, so every uh, every uh, throwing became a set piece. Yeah. So you know, even though it wasn't just all well, it is just throw it up the line. If it, if if you couldn't go backwards and keep the possession, it was all just throw it up the line. Don't do that anymore. It's people working a lot more, and it was it was to create situations to get you out of that. Because obviously you get pressed, everyone's marked in there. It's to create situations and set pieces so you yeah. get out the other side. And he's really clever. He comes from an athletics background, Thomas, and and it was just like the I don't know, it was just derisory laughter about. Yeah. It. No, it is, and I think it's just again, it's the understanding, and I think Paul. You know, incredible goalkeeper uh, achieved a lot, and I think that was that 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 comment specifically about you know you're a goalkeeper because you're a failed outfield. That was I think that was you know tongue in cheek. But there is still that view though that is held by a lot of people. Goalkeepers now are uh, you know that they, they are as important. I mean, people probably laugh at me. Are as important as strikers. I mean, because they're not just the last line of defence anymore. Mm. They are not just that shot stopper. They are creating goals. You look at you know the England uh, clip that we'll uh, we'll share later on. You know they, they they result in goals. Edison, you know that 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 uh, the the assist the other week. Mm. You know it's it's a different position, and football has evolved and is evolving, and goalkeepers are very much at the forefront of that that evolution. And I think sometimes the kind of archaic view that some people have on goalkeepers. You know, will be will be washed we, away. Hopefully, keep, in the keepers, next, like, keepers get three or four years. keepers get much harsher criticism than anybody else. Of course, they and, do. and for whatever for whatever we do, and strikers to me, every other position on the field is um, is interchangeable. That you can, I think, you can coach any other player to play in any other position, yeah. apart from goalkeeper and striker. Of course, you could, but I mean, those are the two positions that are. There's no negotiation on them, yeah. and I think um, you know as we talk about that striker, sick, uh, the, the the lone striker. That's the hardest role to play because you've got to be brilliant at everything. That's why there's not many of them about. No, and that's why you know there's not many not many other strikers below Harry Kane because people don't get to play. Yeah, and, and it's just supply and demand. There's only one one it's the same as goalkeepers. Now there's only one sort of space in the team. And nobody else can play that, and you yeah. can't play get that position right. Unless you're playing there every week, that's Mark Rashford's problem. Yeah, well, you know, he's thing, like. But I think it's interesting. Like, if you got your, you got a view on this. I mean, I think the majority of people that listen to us will be on the side of the goalkeeper. But uh, you know, said in your oh, opinion, well, I, I mean, on, I don't know about that. I mean, there's plenty of goalkeeping, goalkeepers and goalkeeping coaches probably who will send me messages saying, "No, I should just lump it." And like I said, I know that. I know exactly what he should, what he should have done. But the fact is that he shouldn't stop. Or change his game because that's the goalkeeper they bought. That's yeah. why they bought him. And like it was go back to the, the point about trusting him. There was a guy called Patricio Bilio who I played with at Aberdeen. Uh, he played for uh, he started AC Milan. Goalkeeper. No, no, he was, he was, he was a defensive midfielder. Okay. And um 
he, he started at AC Milan as a kid. I think he went there to maybe at Monza. And then when uh, Dundee was taken over by uh, Dundee by, by Italian mafia, it, well allegedly, <laughs> uh, when Ravinelli was there, uh, Claudio Canigia, Giorgi Nemzadze, uh, Speroni went there as well. Yeah. Um, he went. He, he went. Came over from Italy to. Um, uh, to Dundee, and then he signed for Aberdeen, and then he he couldn't run. He, he you know he he didn't have good legs at all. But he was a defensive midfielder. <laughs> yeah, but he, he he was brilliant on the ball. And so like, and my philosophy up till then, I was probably I don't know twenty five something like that, twenty five, twenty six, and I always played safe side, or if they were marked in the middle of especially in centre midfield, I would never give them the ball. And then so he pulled me aside one day. He says, "Why don't you give me the ball?" I said, well, you got some of your backs there. He went, so? He says, they're not going to get off me. <laughs> he said, just give me the ball. He says, and then when they're, uh, when, when, when they're on my back, he says, everyone will come forward. He says, I'll play the ball back to you. You play the ball behind me where the space is for the, uh, for the strike or for the next midfielder. Uh, or if somebody else comes free. He says, and, he, and, and this is going back to what Gary Neville was saying about trusting people. Got to trust goalkeepers to do that now. Yeah. And and it was that was the bit what you know from all all the coaches I've had some from brilliant coaches and really clever coaches that's one of the biggest things was the biggest eye opener for me and it was like yeah I'll, I'll give it to him because it was like I said there was there was this fear that was sort of in me that especially when the the back pass came around don't do this just clear it get away from goal and yeah I mean I prefer the ball away from my goal don't get me wrong like you know what I mean it means you play the team's playing better but. I shouldn't sort of fear it. Shouldn't yeah. fear the ball, and that's what it does. You fear the ball come badly because it's you get you're getting that from all angles, and it's like osmosis, like it seeps into you, and um, and that, and it's just a real eye opener. So then from then on, I began trusting my players, like you know, and then trusting myself because if I give it them, I just say I'll say them, yeah, but if 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 I put you in the shit. Give the ball back to me, yeah, 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 and I'll sort it out. I, I've I've not played at nowhere near the levels that you've played at. Obviously, just like shit Sunday league levels, but I've in the last few years started playing for a team called Once Upon a Smile, and it's a charity team. It's formed of uh, actors, a couple of comedians, but a lot of ex ex footballers. Now all the um, all the different leagues I've played in, it's just been you lump it, mm. and my goal kick ain't the greatest. Get to halfway on a good day, do you know what I mean? With a bit of backwind and, you know, a decent night's sleep. But this team that I'm playing for now, you've got someone like uh, Neil Wainwright or All Will, right, Will Haney, Haney, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Frank Sinclair, that are playing in front of you. We're, we're playing on Sunday, uh, a testimonial for uh, Barry, uh, Barry Roche, is that how you say? Yeah, Roche. Yeah. Um, uh, Wes Brown's playing. Ferrero Roche. Ferrero Roche. Um, you know, we're going to spoil him. <laughs> and um, the th the thing we, we, I started playing with them, and I'd start I'd lump it for the foot, and they're going, "What are you doing?" I'm going, "Oh, it's, it's a goal kick." They're going, "Give it to me." I'm going, "But you're on the edge of the box. You got players." Going, and he, someone Dottie like Neil out. Wainwright was like, "I don't give a shit." It's like, "Just give it to me. I, I'll, I'll sort it." And it's like, "Okay, fair enough." And that is the I love playing that team because mm. my goal kicks never get exposed. <laughs> so I'm just <laughs> literally just playing it out on the you know just straight. Just it doesn't matter if they've got someone on the back because they're going. I, I can sort that, and it's. I, I mean, personally, I've been playing at the back for the last two years. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm a little bit like um, most top flight goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, don't ask me to do a Cruyff turn because <laughs> these calves can barely walk, let alone do. Can't get your ball back between your legs. Oh, mate, honestly, it's embarrassing. But it's interesting. It but, is interesting. Do you know what? I, I wish I'd. I, I'd, I'd all intention. I've, I've written 
loads of stuff down, like, you know, and I was going to go through things chronologically, and then I've got into a bit of a rant, you yeah. know what I mean? So I hope I've... If there's any questions or any points Send that you want us in. to address, honestly... We're, we're, Keep them to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but... Like, Tweet them to the uh, to the to the podcast account, and then we can address them one by one. Because I know that I've yeah. maybe went at this a bit scattergun, and there's probably mo- a lot of stuff that we'd uh, we probably haven't got through this time. But at least we're in the same we're in the same city now. Like, do you know what I mean? So it's yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, I was going to ask. Uh, I forgot right. to ask you what you've been doing. Do you know what I mean? I don't know why. Uh, do you know what I mean? I feel really rude now. Don't worry about it because you mate. asked me, and then absolutely don't worry about it. I've just been very busy. I started playing golf. I seen that. Yeah, I was a gun. It's all right. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's 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 fun. Did you miss us go with you? Yeah, we, we had a we had a golf lesson at Glen Eagles. Oh, I did. And, yeah, not bad. Um, yeah, I mean it's going alright, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> free press shit for her. Um, and so we got a golf lesson, and then since then I've been going to uh, play golf at the driving range. Nice. Really enjoy it. I went to see Kevin Bridges last week. I mean, this doesn't need to be on the podcast. One of the best stand-up shows I've ever seen. If you've got tickets to see Kevin Bridges, you're in for a treat. He's funny, isn't he? If you haven't got them, go and get them, because you'll laugh non-stop. Is he um, younger than you? He's younger than you, isn't he? What? Is he younger than you? So the last things we want to talk about on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast, uh, basically... He looks older, though. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Well, he's lost a little weight. He's, he's, he's looks a little, oh, Honestly, yeah. some of the lines he's got in his show, absolutely brilliant. Um, so... What I want to say to you is thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed it, leave reviews on uh, on iTunes. Um, the more reviews you get, the more discoverable it is, which means that the more discoverable it is, the more people listen to it, the more people listen to it. I mean, we actually, we've made absolutely no money from this podcast no. whatsoever. Um, it's just, it's, it's a passion project at the moment. It is, is, I mean, we've broken, good, well, since I think since the last one we've broken 2,000, have we not? Or was that before? Oh, that? yeah, I mean, we, 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 2,000 we, followers, or? We, we, yeah, oh yeah, followers, yeah, we're doing well. Yeah, not listens, it's nice, we've got, a, we've got a good chunk of listeners that listen yeah. every, every, week, every week or whenever we bloody do it. Um, but if you do leave a nice four or five star review, and this is a bribe, uh, we'll, we've got some new prizes for you. Obviously, you can still get the book, The Glove Story, that is available on Amazon, uh, or head to Rob Stone. Stokes, uh, Rob Stokes's Twitter account, but we're giving away. We've got new key rings. I haven't got them with me because they're still in Rob's attic. But um, we've got key rings. We've got the number one podcast key rings. We'll be giving away those to uh, people as well. Who will give a, a, a lovely little review for us. So that is a bribe. I cannot make that clear enough. What I want to ask you though, David, before we go, predictions for this season. Um, so. I want from you the keeper who we know is good already and will have an absolutely solid season. So last year, I'd have said Edison or De Gea. Is there a goalkeeper that you think, yeah, he's good and he'll have a solid season and we won't talk about any mistakes. He's just going to be straight down the line. Well done. At the minute, it looks like Rue Patricio for me. Rue Patricio, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been spot on so far. Um, and a goalkeeper who shines out of all against all odds. Not against all odds, but basically you go, oh, okay, last year it would have been Nick Pope. Mm. Who is do you think the goalkeeper that will 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 basically a real ruby in the dust? Um, well, at the minute, just off the top of my head, I mean, we Paul Riley, uh, who's very good uh, on Twitter uh, analyst. Um, yeah. he was asking about Alex McCarthy on Twitter today, and probably Alex. You know, that's a, it's a great yeah. resurrection of his career because from you know he's gone from club to club and harshly done by I think at Crystal Palace uh, and. Being rewarded with uh, a place in the England squad, so at the minute he'd have to see uh, Alex McCarthy, I think. Yeah, Alex McCarthy. He came in halfway through the season, I think, on Boxing Day last year. Yeah. Came in for uh, for for um, for um, Fraser. Fraser Foster, uh, and then obviously since then they brought in Angus Gunn. Mm-hmm. So Angus Gunn is number two at the moment. Fraser Foster 
he's going to have to battle for for his yeah, place. Yeah. So I think that's a good one. Me personally, do you know what? Who I'd love to see shine this season. Who I think deserves it. Who's been around for a long time. Who's that? But and, and they they've started off well. You know, you never know where they go. Ask me, Begovic. Mm. You know, they're they're six in the league. Yeah, they've started off well. Yeah, they've started off well. I'd love to see Asmir uh, kind of like climb up. Climb I'd up love to league. see Asmir in here. Oh, we'll get Asmir in here. Asmir, if you're listening, which you are, um, I'll, I'll make sure you are. Um, please come on. I'll, you know, we'll get him on. Don't really worry about that. So, thank you for listening. We're gonna have to go because we're, we're approaching. I mean, this has been an hour, um, and we've got it just me just ranting. Yeah, is yeah, ranting and sweating. I'm sweating as well. I mean, we could sell that. We could bottle it. <laughs> Priest Morgan Sweat. Oh. Uh, thank you very much for listening. You've all been an absolute dream. Uh, any last any last notes, David? So should I say, Priest? No, I'm just I just apologies for just randomly hey. shouting into a microphone. Don't apologise. Thank you very much for listening. You've been amazing. Have a lovely time. Good day. Good bless. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 